Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richie, good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day, my contributor, none other than Sharon Reed, host, commentator, TYT Sports, contributor, all-star. Always fascinating to have her on the program. Top story of the day, prosecutors have the cell phone evidence of Donald Trump and other White House staffers, key staffers to be precise. Let's put up the picture full mass. We knew this day was coming. Special counsel Jack Smith, who is currently prosecuting former President Donald Trump, dropped a bomb in a new filing detailing expert witness evidence he plans to introduce against former President Donald Trump that includes cell phone data. From inside the White House during the Capitol riot, we've heard rumors about what lies beneath. Those rumors will now meet truth. On Monday, Smith filed a notice detailing evidence he will introduce at Trump's trial on charges of conspiracy to defraud the United States, conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding, obstruction of an attempt to obstruct an official proceeding and conspiracy against rights. Keep up the picture. I want to explain why a prosecutor would submit a filing detailing what the evidence will show. It is because the evidence will show it. Uh, This is a manner of proclaiming evidence without providing the evidence in hand. Now, there is no circumstance where Jack Smith does not have the evidence. The evidence is absolutely there. The filing gives notice to the court that Jack Smith plans to call three expert witnesses to testify about the actual cell phone data from January 6th. Expert number one will testify about the location data. Now, you may say, well, why does he have to bring in an expert to talk about something that is Pretty understandable by everyone. Text messages, data, cell phone location, cell phone towers. That's because the only way to introduce this as evidence, you have to then have someone basically verify, certify the evidence, attest to the evidence and its authenticity, and then explain based on them being qualified as an expert witness what the evidence actually is. It seems redundant, yes, but it is necessary under the rules of evidentiary process. All right, there's more. Expert one, plotted the location history data for Google accounts and devices associated with individuals who moved on January 6, 2021 from an area at or near the ellipse to an area encompassing the United States Capitol building. Here's her testimony would describe and explain the resulting graphical representations of that data. And it will aid the jury in understanding the movements of individuals toward the Capitol during and after the defendant's speech. We're talking about when he animated the crowd. Expert number two will provide background on the first expert's testimony. Now, remember, an expert is able to be cross-examined. And it is proper to test the validity of their conclusions based on available data 
based on contrary data inside of the industry. So I'm sure you're going to hear things like, well, isn't this data sometimes inaccurate? Is it true that this data has misled people in the past? These are things that are meant to create a level of doubt as it relates to the evidence and the expert witness. The government expects expert number two will testify about the process of determining the device location, the collection and use of location history by Google LLC, and location history data produced in response to a search warrant and included in the graphical representation prepared by expert one. We're talking about movement. His or her testimony will aid the jury in understanding the movements of individuals toward the Capitol area during and after the defendant's speech. But it's the third expert who promises to introduce the most potentially explosive evidence. So expert number three, skill, experience, training, and education beyond the ordinary layperson regarding the analysis of cell phone data, including the use of Twitter and other applications. That's a biggie. Other applications. Your text message is an app on your phone. Other applications on the cell phones. The government expects that expert three would testify that he, she extracted and processed data from the White House cell phones used by the defendant and one other individual, individual one, to review and analyze data on the defendant's phone and on individual one's phone, including analyzing images found on the phone and websites visited, found on the phone, determine the usage of these phones throughout the post-election period, including on and around January 6th, 2021, and four, specifically identify the periods of time during which the defendant's phone was unlocked and the Twitter application was open on January 6th. Now, what do we know that's already part of the public domain? We know that as soon as Trump heard Mike Pence was not going to rip up the Constitution, when he heard that his vice president, Mike Pence, was going to do what he is constitutionally and legally obligated to do, which is to sign the certification of the election. When he found this out, instead of trying to figure out is his VP safe, he decided to go on Twitter after knowing they were saying hang Mike Pence and tell his mob that Mike Pence betrayed him. This is what we have on record. This is part of the public domain. And yes, that too can and I'm sure will be introduced as evidence. Mike Pence himself may become a testifying witness against the former president of the United States. This is the way to prosecute. Unfortunately for Jack Smith, this case is already highly political because of the nature of the prosecution. Trump has this lock as it relates to his base. And uh, in particular, against truth. They are locked against truth. It doesn't matter what the truth is. Fake news, it is a hoax, um, it's a Russia conspiracy. All right, sharing, hell of a thing. Text messages, I'm sure, websites, 
No telling what you'll find there. Uh, a whole lot is about to come out in this case. Yeah, and I'm just hopeful, Dr. Ritchie. I know you're probably going to put your legal cap on and say it's not going to happen. But I would like for the experts to go all the way back to 2013 with the dossier in Ooh. Russia and the prostitutes. Ooh. I just want to know once and for all what went down there. But I understand we're not going to go back 10 years or so. Look, this whole thing frustrates me. This is the way you do it. Jack Smith, it's no slight to him, you know, <laughs> but the, the evidence has always been there in yeah. numerous ways. And honestly, America, your breath stinks. And all you did for years is hold your nose, hold your breath, twiddle your thumbs to keep from prosecuting this white man. And now it's a race. You know, Jack Smith is like Usain Bolt trying to get to the finish line. And who knows if it'll happen? Who knows what's going to happen? But I'll enjoy the details. But could you check on that, Doc, and see if they can go back to 2013? I'm asking for a friend. You know, ironically, okay, so here's the way you would qualify that. If you can find pattern evidence, that speaks to the nature at hand that pattern evidence can be utilized in a judicial discretion to be presented. I don't think Jack Smith would do it because it would be an appealable motion. All right. So even if Trump gets found guilty, he could probably appeal on the allowance of that evidence. All right. Chase Bank, right? So imagine you go to Chase Bank, you just got a refund. From the Department of Education. Why? Because one, they forgave your loan. And two, they said, and you know what? You actually paid too much money on the loan prior to the forgiveness. So we're going to give you money. We're going to give you over $5,000. That's a good day. Loan forgiven, $5,000 plus check. It's a government check. You go to Chase Bank. Chase Bank decides your check is fraudulent and decides to also shut down your entire bank account, which turns around your entire life in a significant way. Put up the picture full mass. This happened in Atlanta, Georgia. Ms. Lois White had been forgiven her student loan debt by the US government. Beautiful day for Ms. White. And even issued a refund for overpayment. But that refund check has now created significant turmoil in her life. Speaking with Channel 2, consumer investigator, Justin Gray, she said, quote, I feel like a criminal, like I've done something wrong, end quote. Ms. White deposited the check for $5,298. She put it in her JP Morgan Chase bank account. Mobile deposit, same way I bank, who has time to go to a bank every day. She planned to use the money to pay off bills. Instead, Chase put a fraud alert and hold on her check. And they also decided to shut down her bank account. Quote, apparently they couldn't verify this check was real, Ms. White said. Now, I want you to put up the Federal Student Aid Department of Education document. So as Channel 2 notes, White is one of more than 800,000, 800,000 Americans who have been paying their student loan debts for more than two decades to get a letter from their federal student loan service provider saying, hey, you qualify for a one-time adjustment and forgiveness for the loan amount. Many also received refund checks because they overpaid. Ms. White said, quote, 
They sent me a letter in the mail saying that my loan was forgiven. So Chase eventually not only put a hold on the check, but locked up and then closed Ms. White's entire account, blocking access to her money. Even after Ms. White went back to her loan servicer to obtain written confirmation of the refund and proof of the loan servicer's copy of the deposited check, Chase refused to budge. She says, and I quote, I went to the branch. I gave them this letter, the letter you just saw. I gave them this check. I gave them my ID. I gave them my birth certificate, social security card, Ms. White said. Just hours after Channel 2 Action News reached out to Chase, someone from their executive office contacted White to say they are now researching the case. It took an entire news team to get involved, but someone at Chase to say we are now working on it. We are working with our customer and the United States Treasury to verify any funds she is due, the spokesperson said in the statement. But for now, Chase continues to hold Ms. White's money. She said, I'm devastated because I've always been able to pay my bills on time and handle my business. But I'm like couch surfing now, Ms. White said. Let's put up the pictures of the uh, very rich men in charge of Chase. J.P. Morgan Chase Chairman and CEO, uh, Jamie Demon, uh, and President and CEO, Daniel Pinto. Uh, now, see, these cats are billionaires, actually. All right, they have a B next to their, well, let's just say assets and finances. And for some reason, this woman who simply would like her refund of $5,000, she just wants some money back. There's a problem, there's a delay, there's an issue. You all are a bank. You hold our money for us in order for us to get it when we want it, okay? Uh, it's a hell of a thing. I want to make sure these men feel the pressure. This woman obviously is feeling the pressure. Uh, we're going to stay on top of this story. Now, we just reported on another story yesterday about a Kia dealership. A black woman goes in, $30,000 cashier's check. They call the police on her. She gets arrested. Everything's legit. But because they called the wrong bank and decided to do no investigation whatsoever, they arrested her. Who decided this woman committed fraud? If it's an algorithm that decided this, that means at some point a human being has to put their eyes on it. She went back to the bank multiple times, provided birth certificate, provided social security card, provided ID, provided a letter from the service provider saying, yeah, we forgave the loan, provided evidence about the authenticity of the check. Nothing budged Chase Bank until Channel 2 Action News got involved. Why does it take the movement of a local news affiliate in order to get some level of courtesy from a bank you have been with for years. It is insane she had to go through this. We're gonna stay on top of it. Um, Sharon, listen, I, I can't imagine if my bank account just closed because I got stuff deducting here, mortgage is deducted <laughs> out of the check, checking account. You close that down, all of a sudden everything turns upside down. Yeah, I actually had it happen to me on two business accounts when wow. everyone was getting their COVID money and there was fraud out there. Of course, I wasn't involved in the fraud, but they just decided that anybody who I guess deposited certain funds, that eh, looks suspect, we'll just close it. It was a different bank, but I wanna know the policies, Dr. Ritchie, and the protocols mm -hmm. of Chase Bank. I wanna know other instances in which this happened. 
um, and the demographics of those involved in those instances. Because at best, Chase Bank is incompetent, which sounds very strange. Jamie Dimon uh, is someone who has looked to, to really deal with the algorithm of the international economy. They look to him to speak to what is going to happen next and how we should proceed. At worst, it's something else. He should yeah. have reached in his pocketbook, okay, and pulled out $5,000, which is what he spends on a haircut. I mean, this guy right. is so rich, it's pathetic, okay? Really? I'm yeah. disgusted by this, and I want to know how many other people they're doing this to and what those people look like. Yep, there you go. Um, 5,000 bucks, decided not to pay the woman the money that she was owed. Uh, now you got about $100,000 worth of negative publicity because of it. Um, math ain't adding up. Ohio Republican Party, Ohio Republican um, awards Matt Gates, the prestigious um, yearly award um, for sleeping with an underage girl. Matt Gates accepted it. Uh, I'm going to go to the video and then we will talk about background. Here it is. Matt Gates, we have an award for you. My name is Michael. I'm with the Strongsville View GOP. The, the 2023 Strongsville GOP Award. Oh, thank you all so much. Congratulations for your dedication to using Venmo to allegedly paying underage girls to have sex with you. You're so full of it. Thank you all so much. All right, now let's put the picture up. Now, you heard Matt Gates. Matt Gates said, thank you all very much. Uh, he has accepted the award. Uh, Thursday night, December 7th, Strongsville, Ohio. That was a Strongsville, Ohio Republican. The Strongsville Republican Party held a live stream Christmas party where the award for Representative Matt Gates of Florida was given. Video of the event posted by Cleveland Scene shown, uh, shows a Strongsville Republican acknowledgement of Gates was really an insult rather than an actual honor before he was, uh, they say, escorted off stage. No, he was pulled and pushed off stage by a cop. Gates was presented with the surprise award for his dedication to using Venmo to allegedly have sex with under underage girls. As the surprise attendee finished announcing the award, Gates interjected and security escorted the presenter from the stage um, and from the building, obviously. News recaps of the event failed to mention the incident. Instead, the local news focused on Gates' thoughts on Ohio's political landscape. Far right MAGA rep, although investigated, was never charged with anything. The Department of Justice earlier this year announced it would not bring charges against Gates in connection with a lengthy sex trafficking investigation centering on his friend Joel Greenberg, who pleaded guilty to multiple counts of involving girls under the age of 18. Now, it is ironic to note that former Speaker McCarthy said that Matt Gates should be in jail for that offense, alleged offense, okay? But it was McCarthy 
who helped behind the scenes to get the committee to drop their ethics investigation, or at least to put a pause to it. There's more. Greenberg, in his plea deal, all right, in his plea, admitted that he introduced the minor to other adult men who engaged in commercial sex acts. The Daily Beast unearthed Venmo transactions between Gates and Greenberg, as well as Gates and the 17-year-old child. Gates has consistently denied any wrongdoing. It doesn't deny contact at this point, but he denies any wrongdoing. And DOG, uh, DOJ prosecutors cited credibility issues with two key witnesses in their decision to not pursue charges. Now, let me also highlight that Gates, while under investigation, served on the oversight committee that provides the actual oversight and has a lot to do with the budget. Of the Department of Justice. Okay? That's your American democracy. All right, Sharon, thoughts here? Just as nutty as they want to be. Um, and it just shows you that Matt Gates is just, um, he's not ready for prime time. I remember being an anchor in Ohio, Dr. Richie, and we had this very annoying restaurant reporter. And one day he showed up at a restaurant. And he was going to give this establishment an F. They had been using a dirty broom to stir soup, if you can believe it. That, that's what they were doing. <laughs> and the restaurateur had this sense to, when he offered him the reward, to say, I do not accept. That's what you say if you mm -hmm. don't believe. Mm -hmm. I mean, right. we had him dead to right. But that's what you say. You don't thank people for an award that basically says, here's your commendation for abusing underage girls. Okay, yeah. it's sick. Okay, no matter how shiny and hard and stiff the superhero hair is or villain, it's sick. Yeah, the man accepted the award. Now I have a local news question for you because yeah. you know their market. So they decided not to run uh, the clip of that very controversial moment. Why do you think they decided not to run it? Um, because they're pro MAGA. I mean, there's, no, there's <laughs> right. no reason either you're telling the story or you're not. Right. And <laughs> that's part of the story. You're not. Yeah. If it was Hunter Biden, they would have run it. Okay. Agreed. Agreed. All right. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. All right. Welcome back. Um, listen, we got the perfect gift for a conservative in your family um, an indisputable t shirt with a picture of me on it. That's the absolute best gift. All right, second best gift, um, give them a T-by-T membership. All right, now, I'm serious about this. If conservatives in your family like to yell at progressives, this is it, a T-Y-T membership, all right? Uh, and maybe we can even, you know, save their souls. T-Y-T.com slash gift. Uh, Lynn says, "I'm uh, I'm thinking the uh, the award Gates accepted <laughs> is on is on a shelf in his work office. And you know it is. It may not be on a shelf right now, but it's in his it's in his desk, and he pulls it out to you know brag about it. Okay. YouTube, uh, Michael Gonzalez. I want to see the private text between Trump and Putin. There you go." And Donald James, member for 17 months. Thank you so much. Uh, Swift was gifted a membership by James Thompson. Thank you for that. And to Twitch, 
Nightmare 316. I wonder if there's pics on these phones. You know it is. You know, good damn well they got pics on those phones. Okay. Got something for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're going to feel free. Back off. I've had trouble. There's an African-American man threatening my life. And, and this person just heard me speak Spanish. And she said, great. You're Mexican, right? Repeat what you just said. You have a problem with people that speak Spanish in your country, right? Yeah. Repeat America. what you just said. It's America. What did you just say to me? You don't speak Spanish. What did you just say to me? What did you say to me? Speak clearly what you said to me. Let me know what you said. You're you're racist. I'm speaking children. I have a child, and I speak Spanish to my child. And you have a problem with that? I told you. You have a problem with that, right? What I just said. You have a problem with it. I can speak Spanish to whoever I want to. We're free to speak Spanish wherever the heck we want. You are no one to tell me that this is your country. You're no one to tell me to speak what language because I know what I want to speak. And it's not my fault that you're not bilingual. And obviously because you don't I'm know American Spanish. And I'm white and is that a problem to you? What I speak in? Is that a problem to you? It's a problem to you, to you both that I speak Spanish? That's a problem to you, right? It's offensive that you use that bathroom when she's in a wheelchair. No. Like, your, comment, your comment was racist and it had nothing to do with you in the restroom. I hate Awesome. There it awesome. is. Awesome. You're telling the wrong person that. You are really telling the wrong person that. Regardless of me having a child or not, I'm at least showing my son boundaries that he could speak whatever language he wants also. So don't think that because I have a child, I'm not going to stand up for him or me. Being handicapped has nothing to do with being racist. Yeah, both of these people have a problem with me speaking Spanish to my son. You have a problem. You have a problem with it, right? You have a problem with it? Yeah, you're you're telling that to a person with a whole bunch of Mexicans here, and you have no problem with that, right? Ethnicity runs deep in this bigotry. Put up the picture full mass. You have to imagine an individual who is so bigoted or individuals who are so bigoted that hearing someone speak to their child in a foreign language sparks outrage and disdain from the person listening. That is extreme and chaotic dysfunction inside. To Nasasito Sayuda. Karen, you need help. And the reality of it is that this seems to be multi-generational between you and whoever that may be with you. At the end of it, it was discovered what we already knew. This came from a place of hate, not a place of patriotism or American pride. And by the way, America has no official language. You may want to look it up, understand the context of this country. All right, Sharon, hell of a thing. Thoughts here? Yeah, and you can't tell these two damn partial furries anything, okay? <laughs> and I'm not fitting to argue with them in the bathroom. They got exactly what they deserved, okay? Yeah. I don't know why you're so involved in a mother's conversation with her child, no matter what language it is. Get lost, furries. Yeah. 
so insane. Okay, that's something for you. Double dose. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're going to feel free. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. You're going to kill me? I would love to. You're going to, you would love to? Why? He's saying he's going to kill me. You don't kick my kid's car. He just ran into it. I'm not even driving. I'm not even driving. You! Look at this guy. You ran into my kid's car! I wasn't even driving. You got out and threatened me and said, what are you going to do, bitch? Get your ass out of here! Before I kill you! Your friend! Get away from the car! Where's Kevin? Keep Kevin out of just what the about it? Hey, you just call me a bro. I don't give a. You're fine. That guy's. No problem. I hate everybody. I'm not racist. I hate everybody. This is a guy can't call. This is a you, you're right, I did, you piece of You! You! What are you gonna do? He's not racist, according to him. Um, however, he's using racial slurs. He says he hates everybody. Um, Mr. Karen, you need a hug, sir. But it's far too late in your life to worry about that now. Somebody should have hugged you. Possibly would have made a difference. Here's what happened next. What are you gonna do, bitch? We don't have it on, bitch. It's been on my Don't talk to you. What are you gonna do? You chicken piece of I put up the picture for a mask. The irony of this whole thing. So uh, it, it, he's being racist. All right, regardless of the interaction, you know, if there's an accident somewhere, if there's a fender bender, uh, those things happen. Being racist is not required uh, in your aggression or commentary or argument. So he decides to go full racist, right? He's surrounded by individuals who he has decided to racially offend. They don't mob attack him. They are, in my opinion, very peaceful with the guy pointing out his racism. And then when there's a physical contact, he then yells, call the police to the same group that he's offended. He's yelling, call the police. Why would they call the police for you, sir? Your privilege is out of control. 
All right, I'm glad nobody was hurt in the making of this uh, Mr. Karen uh, film. Uh, male care is galore, uh, operate out here in these streets. Sharon, thoughts here? My thoughts are, it didn't call for this, Dr. Ritchie, a small fender bender, and you're absolutely racist, sir. In my 20s, I, I was leaving an internship in DC, daydreaming at a stop sign. And I remember the car behind me went beep, beep. And I said, oh, sorry, sorry. And I accidentally let my foot off the brake and I hit an old man on a bike, just bumped him. Okay, and he was very angry. All he did was go royal. He picked up his bike <laughs> and he carried on. Okay, that's all. That's all. He didn't shout anything. He didn't give me a slur. This is ridiculous. Okay, yeah. and I couldn't quite tell what happened slightly off camera there when when the fight kind of really ramped up. But I know who started it. Okay, yeah. didn't have to go there. Yeah, uh, the male Karen really got lucky. <laughs> That they did not want to harm him, uh, and he did not create such a, an offense that they decided, you know, f up and find out. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. I looked up, and Mickey Miles can speak French, Spanish, and Turkish fluently. You're right about that, uh, and. Yeah, this is interesting. Karen in the theme park bathroom. Swift, uh, did she wash her hands? You know nope. what? You are, yeah, Sharon uh, Swift has a point here. All right, I think we found out another fact. Karens do not wash their hands. Mm -mm. <laughs> All right, right. Um, Night Eater, uh, you hear a ton of different languages at Disney though. Uh, if these Karens, Scott Smith, don't shout death threats. It's illegal and dumb. You're right, it is against the law. All right, it's called a terroristic threat. It's completely illegal. Uh, Librio, this dog needs to come take him for a walk. Yeah, agreed. And uh, good point, Neon Death 07, English is effing foreign to this continent. <laughs> That's right, English is the actual foreign language historically. And uh, Jackal Dragon 1991, Truth be told, she got mad because she realized how ignorant she was when she did not understand the language. All right. Love 18 White Girl. I hate everybody, but I'm not racist. That sounds about right. Uh, yeah. I hate everybody, but I'm not racist. Okay. Um, remember the man who was defending uh, the, the security guard who was at the riverboat property in Alabama? Uh, well, he has pleaded guilty. Now, I want to take you back to that incident, and I have more video and the update. Here it is. Ooh, confrontation with the owner of the
every, every headline you see, we'll call it a brawl. I want to bring your attention to that just for a moment. I want you to imagine um, a group of uh, black males, uh, they go to a predominantly white um, themed boat area and decide to engage in an attack against an employee doing their job. Do you think the headline is this was a brawl? No, it becomes an attack, right? So they attacked them. They attacked them. And the statute is under a law doctrine called in the defense of others. You are allowed to utilize physical force in the defense of yourself or in the defense of others. All right. Both are allowable under Alabama law. Um, however, this man has now pleaded guilty uh, for this action, as you see here. And it was popularized, obviously, on social media. Reggie Bernard Ray seen wielding a folding chair as a weapon during the brawl in Montgomery's Riverfront Park in August. Pleaded guilty on Monday morning to uh, disorderly conduct in the incident. Now, naturally, this is um, a plea deal per se, uh, because there is no guilty plea for the physical nature which would have been assault, battery, et cetera, all right? So this is a disorderly conduct plea. Um, check this out. Lift every chain, swing, swing up the sonic rings. Ring out them boys with all them paws and things that I could Full of the might of the ancestors behind us. Swing that chair. Lift every chair and swing to white racist ears. Do ring with the sound around. Find out. Put his picture back up. He has inspired an entire generation. Lift every chair and swing. Montgomery Municipal Judge, his name is Milton Westry, gave Ray a 90 day suspended jail sentence. That means he says, 90 days suspended, go home. Okay, that's what that means. He suspended the sentence and ordered him to pay or perform 50 hours of community service and pay 357 bucks. In court cost. Ray, who was 42 at the time of the arrest, was one of six people charged in the incident, which drew national attention after cell phone video showed multiple white men attacking and beating a black co captain of Harriet II Riverboat during a dispute over the riverboat's landing spot on the dock. Ray's involvement came during a later portion of the fight. A deposition from the arresting officer said body camera footage showed Mr. Ray, who was black, striking a white male wearing shorts and no shirt several times with a folding chair. Another video shows Ray striking a white woman with the chair after she had been knocked down on the dock. That is not mentioned, however, in the deposition. Ray and his attorney, Virgil Ford, declined to speak with reporters as they left the Municipal Justice Center. Ray's case 
was the last of six to be resolved in court. Three white males and a white female pleaded guilty in the case. All the charges were misdemeanors. In October, Richard Roberts of Dallas County pleaded guilty to third degree assault and was ordered to serve 32 days in jail, but was able to serve his sentence on weekends. Roberts apologized in court to the co-captain, Mr. Damian Pickett in court, and a 16-year-old child that he hit as well. He was not charged with child abuse, however. Also in October, Mary Todd pleaded guilty to harassment. She received a 15-day suspended sentence and was ordered to complete anger management, an anger management program and pay court costs. Last week, Zachary Shipman of Dallas County and Alan Todd of Baldwin County, initially charged with third degree assault, actual assault, pleaded guilty to the lesser charge of harassment. Each received a suspended 60-day sentence and 12 months on probation. They were ordered to perform 100 hours of community service, complete an anger management course, and pay a $100 fine and court costs. As part of those plea deals, the court dismissed a third-degree assault charge against Pickett. The incident started when operators um, of a pontoon boat refused requests from the Harriet II to move their boat from a spot where the riverboat, which was loaded with passengers, normally docks. After Pickett and other, uh, another crew member moved the boat, an argument ensued and multiple white males attacked Pickett. Now, it's all convoluted. Uh, in my opinion, this was done completely wrong. Uh, Mr. Pickett should have never been even considered um, or investigated for anything. Uh, and then you have the dynamic of, well, everybody gets something. Everybody gets some kind of conviction, misdemeanor conviction. Uh, and then we're going to suspend the sentence. And we're going to make sure that nobody gets charged with a felony. All right, they wanted to not hold those accountable in the way that black males in particular would have been held accountable the other way around. Everybody, this was a black male led mob. They would have all been charged with felonies, period. They won. This would not have been simply a city issue. But because of the racial dynamics involved, all of a sudden there's extreme contextualization. There's um, offered courtesies. There's suspended sentences. I have never seen a judge suspend the sentence of everybody involved. It doesn't happen that way typically. Suspended sentences are rare in the court of law. It was handing them out like candy. All right, sharing thoughts here. And the fix was in. Yeah. The fix was in. And by the way, Tulsa wasn't a race riot either. Okay. Mm, there you but go. But if that's what you want to do, <laughs> I guess this is America. Look at your life. I also think that those incredible um, renditions, those original songs that you played, Doc, are fitting for the next reality show. Who needs the mm. voice, if you will? That said, I would have liked to see our people not just lift every voice and sing, but say, hell no, this is not going down like that and not let go of it. There's a yeah. There's a movement beyond the memes, if you will. And I'm not trying to put it on black people. I'm just saying that, boy, they'll try it. The minute you just try to close your eyes, get 20 minute nap, they'll try it. Yep, yep. So, and and you make a great point. What looks like a victory is not a victory all the time. No. Uh, there, there has to be uh, sustained mm-hmm. progress and results. Okay, um, referees, uh, not just referees, youth referees, okay? Uh, well, they got into a fight among themselves. Here it is. 
Yeah, that happened. Put up the picture. I don't know what I would have thought in my mind if I was playing basketball as a kid and all of a sudden I see the referees in a full battle on the court. This was at a Colorado youth basketball game. Video shows a group of youth basketball referees fighting. Children in Colorado were left frightened after two basketball referees began fighting each other in the midst of the game. In the Denver area suburb of Lakewood, a fourth grade game between two teams, Cherry Creek and Legend Blue, saw officials turn on each other. It's not exactly clear what led to the brawl, but TMZ Sports reports the Lakewood police have been made aware of the situation. Authorities did not arrest anybody because the involved parties had already left the gym by the time police arrived. The Gold Crown Foundation, the operators of the facility where the fight took place, said there were no injuries and adds that all the referees have been indefinitely suspended. Okay, I'm telling you, somebody got injured, all right? They may not admit to it, uh, but somebody got an injury. I promise you that. Uh, The Gold Crown Foundation told TMZ, quote, we have informed these independently contracted officials. This is interesting how they distance themselves when something go down. Uh, They're just independent, I barely know their last names. Independently contracted officials uh, that they are suspended indefinitely from working for Gold Crown Foundation. GCF told TMZ in a statement, quote, most importantly, we apologize to everyone that had to witness their unacceptable behavior, especially the kids. We look forward to getting our league back on track and resume what will be a great season for the kids. No, this season is, is pretty jacked up. All right, so you may try this next year, uh, but this season right here is this done. Okay, this is going to be the, the summary of the season. Your referees got into a fight among each other, scared all the children. All right, Sharon, thoughts here. Well, this was explosive. And yeah. um, I saw child endangerment too, but whatever. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I also have no proof, Doc. I want to be careful. This is your show, but I, I know what happened here. I know what's at the heart of this, okay? And what it is has it? to do with, well, infidelity. Somebody cheated Ooh. on somebody with somebody's woman or cheated on somebody's sister. And this is what's going on here. Okay. I can assure you that's what went down. Man, you know what, Sharon? been Sherry, a journalist a long time, Doc. I promise. Been a woman you. longer. Okay. If, if it comes out, if it comes out that you are right, which would be like a Moses prophecy, by the way, but if it comes out that you are correct, we have got to get them in the bullpen. I'm gonna let you interview them. Yeah, okay. I know. What All right. Hell of a thing. You may be absolutely right. Maybe get the women too. Have the person. women come too. <laughs> now we can't probably can't <laughs> do all that chair. All right. We have more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. Carl Travis. That's crazy. Holy ish. That's supposed to be the cool heads in the game. Right. <laughs> and it is a youth basketball game at that, all right? Example is even more required. Um, Love 18 White Girl Community Service is going to be teaching black youth how to swing folding chairs at the community center. (laughs) Neon Death 07, that's why I officiate basketball with a reputable organization and I'm patched with 
And I'm passionate with holds me accountable as a referee. Um, yep. And then tech nauseated. Uh, who referees the referees? That, that's what Sheridan and I was saying during the break. Like, who, who's supposed to now get involved when they are the authority? Okay. Take it to the palace next. <laughs> right. There you go. Um, this is a hell of a thing. According to an allegation, the FBI seized $86 million in cash, a bunch of expensive jewelry, and did so without legally having clearance. Let's put up the pictures for mass. I'm going to give you the allegation, the background, and the foreground. So this is in Beverly Hills, California, an FBI raid in which tens of millions in cash, jewelry, and other valuables were seized. This was from a security box. Lenders, is, uh, they're being criticized as um, engage, uh, engaging in egregious civil asset forfeiture after those lenders were never charged with a crime at all. We've talked about this a few times on the show. The, the actual seizure happened at a safety deposit box uh, business called US Private Vaults. This was March 2021. After securing a warrant from a judge, the FBI took roughly 86 million in actual cash, as well as um, Cartier bracelets, Rolex watches. The business owners ended up pleading guilty to money laundering. However, the safe deposit box holders who were patrons of the business were never accused nor charged with the crime per Fox News. Now, we all understand how a safety deposit box works. There's a company that owns the physical structure. That company is in charge of maintaining things like security of the product, sometimes the temperature requirements of the product, and entry to the product, right? Very simple. That product can be cash, it can be expensive jewelry, it can be something that is sentimental to you. That doesn't mean the facility owns it, they are there to hold it. That's the nature of the business, right? Additionally, the warrant agent secured only authorized the seizure of business computers, money counters, and surveillance equipment. The FBI never let the judge in on their plans to take the money or other belongings worth more than $5,000. So now several individuals are accusing the agency of putting the cart well before the horse, seizing their valuables without probable cause. They have filed a class action lawsuit against the federal agency to retrieve their property. I'm going to get into the background of this in just a minute as far as uh, civil um, asset forfeiture. But think about how simple this actually is. This is simple. That's the reason the judge did not sign off on them seizing the material like watches or money or cashier's checks, right? Because the judge knows the people you're investigating, they 
don't own these things. The people who do business with them should not be subjected to having their things taken. This is not complex law here. The judge was correct on scope of warrant. All right, there's more. Civil asset forfeiture allows law enforcement to take property, to take cash, but they have to believe it is connected to an actual crime. Leaving the property owners responsible for proving in court that their belongings have no criminal links. Agents seized around 1,400 deposit boxes used by individuals that federal court documents characterize as unsavory characters to store criminal proceeds. However, the warrant that the judge signed, okay, this is how it works. The warrant that the judge signed only allowed agents to seize safety deposit boxes and keys to inspect the contents of the boxes in an effort to identify their owners so that they can claim their property. That warrant did not authorize a criminal search or seizure of contents of safety deposit boxes. Despite that, a federal judge ruled that agents did not exceed the warrant's parameters. This is completely the wrong ruling in my opinion. Did not exceed the warrant's parameters, even though attorneys for the plaintiffs demonstrated the government, quote, had a dual motive in inventorying and uh, the contents of each deposit box. The case was heard in an appeals court this week, and a panel is expected to make a ruling in a few months. We hope they make the right one. The Institute for Justice reports that in the two years since the raid, some of the plaintiff's belongings have been returned to them, but not everything is accounted for. Attorneys argue that the government violated the client's Fourth Amendment protection, that's right, from unreasonable search and seizure, and their Fifth Amendment protection from having property taken without compensation. Um, and naturally, if you're going to take freedom of property in the United States of America, you have to engage in a process called due process. So based on some arguments that have been unsuccessful, based on some arguments, the, the entire doctrine of um, civil asset forfeiture is unconstitutional. It takes your property away without the benefit of due process, making it de facto a constitutional violation. That's an entirely different argument. But this was a simple one. This was a simple one, all right? The judge signed the warrant based on normative law. However, it was executed based on an expansion of that law. Now, a jury, excuse me, a judge panel will have to weigh in. Sharing thoughts here. This hustle has been going on since the beginning, okay, where they just do what they want to do. I, I really think that this is way fraudulent. I don't know if that's you know a legal term that applies here, Dr. Ritchie, but I think sanctions should be involved. I don't know what laws they're going. Maybe they're going by laws from Moscow or something. <laughs> right. But you need to give people due process here. But think about all the people they haven't been doing this for. Yeah, yeah. And we highlighted a story not too long ago in Atlanta where we had another federal agency partnering with local police mm-hmm. doing the same thing to um, actual passengers getting on an airplane. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not returning their money, even though there was no arrest made. Okay, we'll stay on top of it. Report updates as they come. Um, 
a hell of a thing, no charges, no charges in the death of a man who drowned in a police chase, family not happy about this. Put up the picture for a mask, I'm going to give you the background. Let me take you to Minnesota. A Minnesota legal official has declined charges in relation to the death of Mr. Khalil Azad. Here's what happened, July 3rd, 2022. Mr. Azad was in his vehicle, speeding away from the police. This was at a traffic stop. Uh, He started to drive in the wrong direction and eventually crashed, all right? CBS News and Fox Now reported these details. He then fled on foot into a wooded area. He vanished in that wooded area, according to the report. The 24-year-old's body was then discovered two days later. An autopsy determined that his cause of death was from fresh water drowning in Crystal Lake, stating that it was accidental. This is already suspicious, right? Despite this, his family believed that there was more to the story and claimed Azad was wounded by police and had dog bite marks based on autopsy photos per the outlets. The Hennepin County Medical Examiner's Office said there was no indication of injuries or that his death was either self-inflicted or caused by another person. Following an independent probe, from the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension. Hennepin County Attorney, um, and let's put her up, Mary Moriarty announced the decision not to file charges, citing a lack of evidence of inappropriate behavior of law enforcement and adding that officers did not have physical contact with Azad after the traffic stop. Now, what is she referring to? She's referring to official physical contact, which means she can only review what is officially noted. That doesn't mean that it didn't happen in some adverse way where malfeasance was involved among law enforcement ranks. But as far as the official police report, there's no physical contact, right? Uh, As if they would have said they did have contact with them, uh, which they would not have. The BCA's review, came after being asked by the Robbinsdale Police Department to look into the matter. They also released multiple body cam videos, which showed in part the officers interacting with passengers after Azad fled from the scene. Police also were seen walking on foot in the wooded area, looking for him. Moriarty said she had a private meeting on Monday, December 4th with law enforcement. And Mr. Zod's family. Losing someone so young is devastating, although this is now the result. They hope for our victim support team remains available to help them through this extremely difficult time. However, family members remain skeptical. In a phone interview with the Star Tribune, Moses, Zod's brother, who wasn't present at the meeting, thinks the police were in fact involved. Quote, when you read about it, it doesn't add up, he told the outlet. We just want to get to the bottom of what really happened. In times like this, when you have a prosecutor that has decided to close a case, 
You have law enforcement who has decided not to engage in an exhaustive and credible investigation. And the paperwork trends to the narrative presented that seems questionable. Um, Families, and I'm saying this in general terms, families are encouraged to get an independent autopsy done outside of the scope of the government. Get an independent autopsy done. Ben Crump does it often uh, in certain civil cases. Uh, In addition to that, there are private investigators who understand forensics. They understand tracking methodologies. They understand exactly what the police understand. Many of them are former officers themselves. But forensic science can help, but you got to get an expert involved. Uh, This does become cost prohibitive for many. And anytime there's an opportunity to contribute to organizations that help aid in making sure families can get an independent autopsy, try to support them. All right. Um, Our hearts and prayers are with this family. I hope that closure comes very soon. Sharon, thoughts here. My thoughts are anytime it's in the same, you know, county where George Floyd and everything went down there, I I have to verify. I'm not even gonna trust, yep. but verify it that something stinks horribly. And here we go again, lack of evidence, nothing to see here. It's mm-hmm. all nonsense. That's why elections matter. Okay. Yep. This lady was elected uh, last November. It it matters, November twenty-two. It it's very serious, and I hope we'll stay with it, Doc. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and for the medical examiner to come out and say it was accidental, and then in the verbiage say, well, we can't prove one way or the other. Well, hmm. but you just came out with a conclusive yeah. statement that right. it was accidental. All right. They play cards together. Yeah, there you go. Okay. All yeah. right. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Um, You remember the white teenager who beat the black teenager, black girl. Um, It went viral. Everybody is now speaking out. The father is upset. The father of the white teen is not happy. All right, so let's put up uh, the picture, full mass here. And Uh, This was one of those videos, obviously, when you looked at it, you saw the racism, uh, you saw the anger, uh, you saw the the heartlessness. And and I remember saying to myself, uh, this is a learned behavior. This kind of anger and racism being expressed from a child comes from a place of society. Society includes your home, all right? The father of that white Kansas City student who was captured on the video fighting a black female student at school, has broken his silence by denouncing his son's behavior, but adding that it was not racially motivated. To recap, uh, the two sophomores had this uh, altercation on videos, captured on video, after the male student rushed down the hall, calling the black student the N-word. Now, this is the irony. The N-word is clearly Clearly noted in the video coming from the white student. Now, the father is saying not racially motivated. He said the N-word multiple times before violently pushing the black child. The fight ensued as she tried to defend herself. Nicholas Rosalie shared his feeling with KMBC days after his 15-year-old son, Nick, was charged with aggravated battery for the incident at Shawnee Mission East High School. 
So the dad of the alleged racist teen told KMBC, quote, I'm upset. My son hit a girl. That's one. But two, I was mad that he opened his mouth or anything of that sort because he should just wait and get a teacher, end quote. The community believes racism was at the center of the incident, particularly when right before the fight, as the Kansas City Defender reported, the black female student, Brianna Brown, was condemning a white female student about the use of the word slaves. Okay? When referring to black students, another racial component. The girls were parting ways with Bree telling the white female student, walk away, as white. Uh, as a white student walked off from the conversation, but tried to say something else to Bree, who replied, quote, don't say nothing unless you're going to come say it to my face. Nick, who seemed initially uninvolved, aggressively shouted at Bree to shut up up. And Bree responded by asking, what did he say? The male student then charged towards Bree while repeatedly hurling the N-word. The fight broke out until an adult and other bystanders stepped in. So he attacked the girl. She defended herself. Brown's parents said she suffered from injuries to the face, including a broken nose. Quote, it was heartbreaking. Brown's mother, Lanika, said, it made me upset and really mad. What mother wants to see her daughter get hit in the face by anyone, let alone a male? I was livid. End quote. We personally, had to take her to the emergency room. That is never acceptable, her father, Sean Brown, a senior told KCTV. My daughter, with obvious injuries to her face, a broken nose, she had knots all on her forehead, the whole nine yards. I didn't understand how they could just sit there and not get her medical attention. End quote. You have another failure of system. Although Brown was briefly suspended, she's proud of how she handled the situation. Even if you get in trouble for sticking up for someone else or sticking up for yourself, still, you did the right thing and keep doing what you're doing. The child told KCTV, um, and I agree. The incident sparked demonstrations with students pressing the administration to hold the boy accountable and to acknowledge racism exists on campus. The father of the white male student said the N-word is ugly, hateful, mean, and disrespectful. All right, now he didn't say it's racist. He said it is ugly, hateful, mean, and disrespectful, right? And doesn't think his son fought Brown due to her race, even though he yelled the N-word multiple times, but was trying to protect other students. Yes, this is how you do it, protect other students by running down the hallway, saying the N-word and hitting a girl. His son, who was suspended, also got a wounded eye and concussion. Um, as a result of the altercation, yeah, it's called self-defense. That's according to local news. Due to receiving threats online, his family is debating leaving the area. I feel like we're probably going to have to move. That's what the father told the news station. How is he going to go back to that school, according to the reports? Um, the father, uh, the son is now placed in protective custody at a juvenile detention center and has an upcoming court appearance. Uh, let's put a picture of the father back up again. 
Um, yes, sir, you are correct. You probably don't want to bring your child back to that school. But let's go to the cause because we're right now dealing with effect. Effect is the fact that your child did what he did. Cause. Could it be that you are part of the cause, sir? If you're a decent human being, give me out. Your child said the N-word multiple times. Your child hit a girl, yes. You acted as if you teach him to do contrary than that. Your child was defended by you on the news station. Was defended by you even though he used the N-word, viciously attacked another student, a female student at that, unprovoked physically. And you are defending that he's not racist. Sir, you're not defending that your son is not racist. You're defending that you're not racist. Where do you think he learned it from? What do you think he gets the protection from when he engages in actions like that? You don't get more blatantly racist than yelling the N-word and hitting a black child over and over again. Sir, that's not racist. If you don't believe that's racist, there is nothing else that will convince you that you are starting to raise a young version of yourself. All right. Sharing thoughts here. He is indeed raising his mini me. And the father's real angst here is that his son took the image outside of the house. This is something that is free flowing inside the four walls. But now that it's become viral, and Dr. Richie, you're talking about it on your hit show, it's a problem. I believe they should leave the area and perhaps relocate to Harrison, Arkansas. Uh, known <laughs> most recently as the most racist city in America, because they'll be fine there, or at least have a better opportunity not to be triggered by black people breathing. Yeah, I mean, hell, he could become mayor. Could be. Uh, yeah. Promise All right. the future. Yep. What in the red state hell? You can take a gun, shoot somebody in the face. It's not hard. Sometimes it might even be fun if they're a godless commie. Now, what they're trying to do is sneak the COVID vaccine in your salads. I never had, I hate math. Somebody say amen. You just rear ended us. You got to pull over. You, you didn't get a hole in your back. It don't matter. You. Okay, I guess it does because I work for American Family. You're Who not cares? Well, someone else will decide that. It doesn't matter. There's no hole. Well, Yeah, I got it. There she goes. Ma'am, you say you work for an insurance company. I don't know why you said you work for an insurance company. I'm sure that insurance company is not happy about hit and runs. So this woman who allegedly ended the driver recording, her claimed, uh, rear-ended the driver, claimed to work for an insurance company, driving a car with temporary tags. And as she drove away, damn near hit another car, as you can see in the photo. Um, let me tell you why this is a real what in the red state hell. If it is a nothing burger, as you have suggested. 
a minor fender bender with no actual physical or structural damage. That means it's okay to exchange information. Call the police if you choose, but at least exchange information. No skin off your back. You work for an insurance company. This is a big nothing. But the hit and run is a big something. That is an actual criminal offense. Now you're outside of the realm of citation or ordinance and into the realm of statutory law. All right, Sharon, this was so avoidable on so many levels. Now the real crime is her trying to avoid the ordinance violation. Yeah, and there's, like you said, no need for this, okay? And I don't know which insurance company she works for, but I can narrow it down. It's either the gecko or the we all <laughs> see it people. It's not Jake, okay? It's and not the company Jake. he keeps. Jake, she definitely don't work for that yeah. one. But this is just why are you doing this, lady? It's very annoying. And this is we're in a time in America where people just do whatever they want and then actually are stupid enough to justify it. They yes. actually will sit there and argue you down and justify it. Probably the gecko is what I'm guessing. <laughs> All right, we'll bring you updates and updates come. Always a pleasure, Sharon, to have you on the program. Tell people how they can continue to follow you and check out your great work. CYT Sports, um, I hope that you will. I just did another installment today, so that'll be up soon. Also, uh, in the Black Network, Real Sharon Reed, another uh, installment will be up tomorrow. I hope you will check it out. Let me know what you think. Absolutely. And thank you, Doc. Always appreciate oh, no. you. Thank you. We'll appreciate you more. All right. Always a pleasure. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of this planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.